All right, we are live. Today we got a special guest on the show, Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. It's my first podcast. Yeah, we're we're, we're working out the kinks, but we are uh, hanging out. I'm in a recliner. I'm enjoying some fine Pinot Grigio in the sleeve. And we got a little fire going. It's gas. Yeah, we had rather have a wood fire, but we don't yeah. Can't get everything in life. Um, so this is going to be our second episode on the podcast. Pretty excited to do this tonight. We've been talking and trying to plan this out. So I'm pretty excited we can actually um, get this going. Um, so yeah, we're sitting back drinking some Pinot Grigio, some some boxed wine, some would say. Yep, yep. Kind of kicking back. Um, well, I'm, TV. I'll be honest, I'm kind of nervous. It's hard to talk about. Just talk and think with a mic in my face that everything's being recorded and i've listened to podcasts but never been part of one so we're gonna get my uh slow dinosaur brain and give yeah no it's cool man it's i'm happy you agreed to do this but you can all you can edit shit this is not like i keep it i keep it pretty natural pretty uh pretty raw unless it's something crazy yeah but yeah well that's fine i just mean uh I'm gonna try to relax. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna and be, feel like you and I are talking. Yeah, forget all. It's not saved. So we're sitting back here having a good time. We we're I'm enjoying our wine. We're lounging back in some nice, comfortable recliners. What do we got on, Sean? What are we watching right now? Uh, we're uh, watching Temptation Island, the final bonfire, part one, on season three. Cool. And. Uh, I'm really not paying attention to it, and I want to, because I'm pretty invested in this. Uh, I'm slightly embarrassed to admit that, but <clears throat> I don't give a shit. Let's say what this show's about, so so nice. listeners kind of know what's <laughs> going on here in front of us. Oh, it's so funny. It's about couples who have been together for years, like a significant amount of time. They're not married, but they're kind of on the rocks. So they feel the solution is to go to Temptation Island, separate for two or three weeks, and hang out and flirt with other single people. So, okay, so... That's the remedy, apparently. I've never watched this show, but... When your relationship is on the rocks, you go and uh, hang out with other people. Okay, so are you... So there's, like, couples going on this island, right? Yeah. And then they're just kind of like amongst each other kind of. No, they, they, they separate. Interesting. So the men go to one villa. Wow. Okay. And they introduce like 12 hot chicks that all want to. Oh, so they're not like the other guy's partners. They're just random girls. It's not like. No, no. Okay. Not their partners. Okay. Just people. So the girls get introduced guys that aren't their partners and the guys get introduced girls that aren't their partners. Yes. And no one knows these people. And then they drink to excess. Okay. It's debauchery. That's crazy. I didn't even know. But it does have some substance in terms of like emotional growth. That's the that's the irony of it. That's where I feel a little bit wrong. Right. It's like I broke up with my girlfriend and it's actually helping. That's good. You see yeah. other people there. And you know, everybody has their thing. I just like see the dysfunction and seek. 
Well, how do other people who are unhappy in their relationships handle it? I'm not going to go to fucking temptation. I don't no, know. yeah. I'm saying in terms of how they work through it emotionally, it does it does touch on that. Okay. Uh, so is it even like Christ? I hope we can just delete all that because this is just that's good stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like they're almost <laughs> like it's almost like fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, it's like do you, do you stay with your? What could go wrong? Do you see your partner on the island and be like, hey, so-and-so, like, you're talking to some random girl now. Is that kind of weird? Does it, like, make stuff worse in the relationship? Well, what they do, I mean, do you mean do they run into each other? Yeah, like, hey, so Susie and Billy are dating, and they are married, and Susie sees Billy with Sharon, and is she going to be all like... Oh, yeah, they what they do, though, they see it, it's more um, uh, salacious. Mm. What they do is they they show the person's boyfriend or girlfriend a small snippet taken either in or out of context of what they're doing and so the the oh the, God, the boyfriend or girlfriend looks at this and is like holy shit you know it could be an intimate conversation it could be they're making out on the beach it could be but then that just kind of ends the thing because it's like oh i'm getting cheated no, but then, you know, they show the other side, well, that that person is doing their own. So it's like a mutual kind of like open relationship. Uh, it's just weird. It's, it's where I guess the idea is that they're testing a person's fortitude and see what they do when they're without their part. I see. And have all these options. Yeah. I, was, I assume it works right and it didn't work. I assume some partners either heal through this process or just kind of find other people, maybe? They find other. So you have three options at the end. Okay. You leave with your partner. God. I hate partner. You leave with the person you came with. You leave alone or you leave with somebody new. Okay. Inevitably, if they leave with someone new, Typically, it's like, oh, well, they dropped off. I mean, these people don't live in the same towns. Right, okay. It's not reality. Hanging out, drinking all day next to a pool in Maui or wherever in Hawaii is not real life. So they're like, oh, my God, I love you. Oh, my God, I love you. This is so great. And then everybody leaves the island. Well, I'm in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm in Baltimore, you know. And then it just fizzles off, and yeah, that's that's reasons. crazy. I don't think I'd ever do something like that. I don't know. Lewis. Yeah, is that the? I mean, is that the solution though for like a damaged relationship? Just like, oh, I'm just gonna mingle with all these other people. Well, they always say nothing gets you lost. Right. I got. It. But you know, that's guess you don't know until you try, right? That's not. That's not healing. That's not mm -hmm. growth. That's just shit you do when you're. Your age. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so for everyone listening, if you guys don't know, me and Sean are coworkers. Yes, we are. That's how we know each other. Um, in case anyone was wondering, uh, so we, we're not going to say the job specifically, but we work in a job where we're involved in the community, um, community eye in a way. Um, and you so happen to come from a background where that was your kind of main Main job, right? Your career. That was an impressive segue. I like that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was a police officer here in Eugene, Oregon, for eighteen years, from September of ninety six. 
then at 18 years, I can't do it in my head. Okay, so I don't. So when did you get on with the Eugene Police Department? Was it? Well, I got hired by the Kaiser Police Department. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, you told me this before. In July of 1995. 1995, okay. And then I applied with the Eugene Police Department, which was my end game. That's where I wanted to be. You wanted to go there from the whole time? Yeah, I was a cadet okay. there, okay. like an explorer, gotcha. for a couple of years, and then um, I got high. I I applied everywhere. That's what you do when you want to be a new cop, and uh, I uh, fuck. I applied with Grants Pass, Medford, Sweet Home, Salem. Technology, yeah. Kaiser, it's a shotgun approach. You got to get your foot in the door. Right. Don't put all your eggs in like the same basket, pretty much. Like, well, if get out if there. you just want to work for Eugene, then you have to be prepared to apply forever at that time. Right. This is 1995. Okay. So, I am 50 years old. So you guys don't have to take off your shoes and do the math. So how old? How old were you? So then when you when you're in Kaiser, for instance, how old were you when you got hired on as like an official police officer? Twenty-two. So you're Wait, really twenty-one. Okay, so you're basically like a year younger than me. I'm twenty. Yeah. So that's pretty. So okay. The the minimum age to be a police officer in Oregon is twenty-one. <clears throat> okay. So I got hired in July of. Hold on, let me do the math. So I was twenty-two. I got hired in July of ninety-five. I turned 22 in November, so I was 22. Anyway, got hired, went to work for Kaiser, worked for them for 14 months, and I applied with Eugene. Didn't think I, I would get hired, just because I didn't, I don't know. And uh, I did. So I got hired there on uh, September 3rd, I believe, of 95 was my first day for 18 years. Long answer. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so <laughs> was this something you kind of always leaned towards, like when you were young, like middle school, high school, like, oh, I want to, I want to aim for being a police officer one day or is it, uh, uh, it was in high school and I watched cops on TV. Right. And I liked the dynamic problem solving mm. that I saw on the scene of these things. And I thought, I want to do that. So then, uh. I had a friend who I worked with at um, uh, Albertsons at 30th and Hilliard. Yes. And uh, he had a friend who was a reserve with Eugene PD. So he arranged for me to go on a ride along. I went on a ride along. Okay. Kind of fell in love with the whole line of work. And then that's what set me off on it. Okay, cool. So you're probably like. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm spilt all this wine on my phone, guys. <laughs> The struggle is real. Can't take this guy anywhere. I know. Um, so okay, that's cool. All right, we gotta skip ahead. I think people are getting bored. Yeah, let's I'm getting people bored up. on time. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so Eugene. You so anyway, on Eugene, I got hired with Eugene. So in this case, so we're gonna talk about a shooting I was in in 2002, and uh, and you know the after effects. So on this day, let's see. I'd gotten married. I was living in a little house. Carbona off I know that's, Irving. I know that street. That's funny. Yeah. And uh, it was a shitty little 
two bedroom, one bath, fucking nearly a studio apartment, but it was a house oh. and I came from a condo. So anyway, I'm going to take a deep dive into this, but I'll try to keep it fast. Okay. On this particular day, um, I got up and cleaned the house. I was married. Sorry, that. I was just going to get like an introduction on kind of like where you were in life when you were a police officer, if you had kids or if you were married. Just so when I first got hired, no, I was single. Okay, so you're single, no kids. Single, no kids. Okay, gotcha. Mm. Had not for uh, I had not met my first ex-wife yet. So, um, I met her. We got married. We lived there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. On this particular day, I, um, I was like a different person, but I uh, got up. I kind of cleaned the house. Okay. I went and got flowers for her because she was at work. And what, what what day was this for? Was it a... April 1st. April 1st? Okay. 2002. So just kind of like a random gesture, like flowers, like... Yeah. <laughs> something nice, right? It's good. It's nice. No, I know. Ours are good. It's, it seems like I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. She's been my ex-wife longer than she's been my wife, so it's hard to God, you find out. Okay, flowers, but <clears throat> stamped. Dude, I feel like I'm boring the shit out of everybody with. No, dude, this is great. This is so everyone listening. This is my first. I've known Sean for coming on nine months now and we've been saving this story which i really 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 wanted to hear really it's still in gestation yes we're <laughs> so this is something really cool like literally this is my raw reaction to the whole story because obviously i knew you're a police officer when i first met you and we never dived down to in the nitty-gritty details of like what you went through don't do right and this is something new for you so it's awesome you're doing this on my podcast i really think that's Awesome. No, it's fine. I'm not trying to be victimy. But he doesn't share this story with like anybody. He's never told me this. So this is like literally all new. So this is like really cool. Would you call this breaking news? Yeah, man. This is great. Like (laughs) this is totally not boring for me. Like I'm so, this is literally so intriguing because I don't know anything and neither do these people. So. So I get to work that day. I rode my motorcycle. Back then I rode motorcycle every day. Okay. What what motorcycle was it? It was a, uh. Triumph Daytona 955i, Caspian Blue. Okay, I'm sure someone out here listening knows what that is. I have fucking badass bike at the time. And uh, I rode it every day. I didn't care what the weather was. I went to an in-service one day. It was so cold, I had ice on the cuffs of my fucking jacket. (laughs) Anyway, I rode my motorcycle to work. I was working third watch. So that was 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. And, uh, I love for that. I didn't have to get up early. I didn't have to work too late. And that's like the meat of the day. That's when shit happens, right? Everybody thinks it's graveyard and shit, but there's a lot of critical incidents happen in the daytime, you expect. And I gravitated towards those critical incidents because I performed well in those situations. And uh, so I get to work and... My sergeant, she asked me if uh, the news nosed around a lot during the daytime, like local news. Right. And I think it was a recruiting thing. I don't know. But they want to do an interview, get a soundbite from a police officer talking about what it's like to be a police officer. 
And uh, so I gave an interview on camera that aired on the news where I said that, like, they, I think they asked some shit like, you know, what does it take to be a police officer? And I think I said it takes more brains over brawn. Mm. I said, carry a gun, but it's very unlikely you're going to use it. You need to use your brain. It's not about a badge and a gun, you know what I mean? And it's funny because later that day I shot somebody. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was That's like, crazy, man. Yeah, it's weird. So I go to work, I clear. I have an AR-15, so I get that, you know, patrol ready, make sure it's cleared and I can use it the way I need to use it. And it's in the trunk. And then I I had read something. They had, they had a thing called the C-Brief, the Chief's Briefing Statement, where they pass along information, highlights from the previous shift. Okay. Like a debrief can? Yeah. Like, like but, shift to shift? Yeah, shift to shift. But we also had a briefing. Okay. So I knew that there was this guy named Robert Allen Cameron who had um, robbed, sodomized, and raped a lone bartender down in Cottage Grove. Was this like a recent thing or was this kind of... No, it's recent. Like, okay, so it was like a kind of a, like a news story of like a recent thing. I don't know if it was news, but we heard about it in our briefing because our SWAT team gotcha. was down in Cottage Grove. Oh. Yeah. Because we had an interagency SWAT team, so like Cottage Grove didn't have their own SWAT team, so you, you know, our SWAT team responded. In any case, um, it was slightly on my radar, but I'm patrol in Eugene. This mm -hmm. is Cottage Grove. It's really not something I'm going to concern myself with. However, I did hear about the crimes, and uh, then um, a lot of this is coming back to me as I talk about it, shit that I haven't accessed, so I'm kind of being slow. And, oh, that's totally fine, man. Uh, you're so totally get it. Oh, fuck. We got a call that somebody spotted this guy, Cameron. Okay. In a bar downtown. Can't recall the name right now. But it turned into John Henry's. It's on okay. East 11th. Okay. Right there by the parkade. So I assume, sorry to interrupt, no. I, I assume his face is on the news by now, so people are calling it in if he, they see his face. Is that how you was recommending this? Was he kind of I like think wanted the, guy? Like, I think so. If you see his face called this letter. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it was like a serious crime. This guy was wanted. He was wanted for, for fucking serious. robbery and sodomy. Gotcha. Kinds of shit. Serious stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. So he's a, he's a shithead. Bad mother. And you're probably not expecting this guy from Cottage Grove to be in your own town in a day. No. So it's totally like you're probably Well, last I heard the SWAT team was out there looking for right. him. So I figured, yeah. you know, asked and answered. Like the guy's yeah. probably not coming here. Anyway, we get a call that uh somebody recognizes him and sees him in um fuck, what's it called? It doesn't matter. I don't want to get hung up on that. Um bar downtown and I had decided oh okay, I got dispatched to uh check the area. Unbeknownst to me, another patrol car had heard the call and driven by and spooked the guy. 
So this guy rabbits, not like we're chasing him. Right. He leaves this bar and uh, he goes across to the parkade and then with a gun, he carjacks a woman and forces him to drive her away. So like, Jesus. So like right then and there, he's right then, so spooky, he just does another fucking crime and yeah. straight up just carjacks some lady. Jesus. Okay. So I had already decided. And he's armed at this point, right? Like an armed crime. Yes. Jeez, okay. But that, I'm getting ahead of myself. So you and I talked about crisis rehearsal before, and I'm just going to go off. I'm not going And I had already thought through scenarios. That's what crisis rehearsal is. I thought through scenarios. This guy poses a big enough risk to the public that if I see him, I challenge him, and he doesn't comply, I'm going to shoot him. Mm. And I'm totally justified. So I'd already made that decision. And that's what you have to do in these circumstances. You can't wait until you're faced with it. You have to think about, if this happens, what do I do? Right. And at this point, you know he's armed, so you know him. And I'm familiar with the fleeing felon rule and right. Tennessee versus Garner, all that shit, right. all the case law. I've read through the ORS numerous times. I shit you not, every time I took a shit, I would read my ORS. Any part of it, because mm. it just arms you. I used to read my ORS before every call I went to. Oh. I saw the curve earlier when I was brand new. Read through the elements. You gotta, yeah. it's like a recipe. You have to have the elements. Right. But you have to objectively hear those. You have to ask the right questions. So I had already decided and known legally that I could shoot this motherfucker if he doesn't comply. And I was going to. So it's a very dynamic situation. He um, carjacked. We didn't know where they were going. So then we get a call, and we're always playing catch-up, mind you, because somebody, this happens to them. They call 911, then they report it, and then we get it. So you're minutes behind. Oh, right. And so is the female in the car with him at this point? Or is... She is driving him. Oh, dump Jesus. Him. Yeah. So it's like a hostage. It's a hostage. Oh, my God. Okay. I thought he just, like, stole her car. No. He made her drive her to the okay. 18th and Chambers. Like... So we get a call that somebody got carjacked at, and they're at a, the 18th of chambers so i'm part of the perimeter on this thing so it's like i need to move so i go to the fairgrounds so i move west and at that point i decide i want to get my ar-15 ready mm. get it and for those who don't know that's a gun I, our audience is probably everybody well diverse okay. or 15s uh, you probably know just in case just in case oh my god Anyway, so um, I get it out of the trunk, and I put it on the driver's seat because I thought, I want to have it when I need it. I can't fuck around and get it out of the trunk. So I put it on my driver's seat. And I didn't charge it. It's not ready to go. But um, and I ate a banana in the parking lot of the fairgrounds. I remember, I'm not getting bunched up about this. It's kind of like... Okay, perimeter shifted. I'm here. Right. So then I go patrol, and uh, I'm at um, 
I'm just driving around. I should you not kind of being roving in the area. And then we get a call. I'm at uh, Broadway and Chambers eastbound. So I'm facing Chambers on Broadway. And Station One, that's our dispatch, airs a stolen vehicle taken in a robbery from about 16th and Chambers. Mm, okay. They said it's a brown Honda Accord, gave the plate, whatever. As they're saying this, it passes in front of me. He's really? Yeah. And there's J.R. Frost. Well, I shouldn't say names, but I did. He was a canine. He was behind it. So you know it was him. You know that was that car because it's already been hailed. I saw that. God, that's crazy. He said, I'm behind it. And uh, as soon as I turned behind him, Cameron took off. Fucking boom. Northbound on Chambers. Because he's seeing you two. Are you he you're in a marked vehicle, right? So Yeah, we're both in. So he's seeing, like, oh, there's two cops following me. What are you feeling at this point? What? What are you feeling, like, at this point? Are you getting that adrenaline spike? or what? No, no. This is just good. Gonna... Yeah. I learned to manage that a long time ago. Um, if you don't sound in control on the radio, mm. people don't think you're in control. Okay. So I learned to manage my fucking excitedness it's you can't get fucking jacked up adrenaline because you get tunnel vision and you 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 fuck up right so it's a skill which it's a perishable skill Mm. and uh the less you're exposed to those things the less you can manage them but anyway he goes past in front of us and uh it's immediately on it's pursuit so lights and sirens. Lights and sirens going north on uh, Cobra, or um, sorry, Chambers. And um, there are a number of things you have to call out in a pursuit if you're going to sound like you know what the fuck you're doing. So you have a watch commander who's listening to the pursuit, right? Okay. And... They're making a determination if they let that. There's no question this pursuit would continue. But I'm saying there's a lot of things they need. Direction of travel, description of vehicle, speed, traffic density. Mm, For um, safety. Yeah. The likelihood of a collision, all this shit. So I'm calling this out because JR is primary. He's the first car, right? Yeah. First car chases. Second car calls it out. Oh, because they have their hands full. Gotcha. So I'm calling the pursuit. He's driving, Cameron, bad guy, is driving into the center turn lane of River Road. It's a five-lane road with a continuous left turn. And he's driving in that, and it's kicking up all this shit because mm. people don't normally drive there. So all this debris. And then I can smell the carbon from the engine because he's just fucking gunning it. Yeah. So... I'm going up, we're going up River Road, JR's first. He does a pit maneuver, as they call it. At that time, they call it a uh, a TVI, a Tactical Vehicle Intervention. Okay, so he's kind of... Spin him out. Spin him out, okay. Yeah. So he spins a guy out at about River Road and Court. And how fast are 
are you guys about traveling at this point? Like, uh, it had to be 35, 40. Okay. I'm not really sure. Right. If you do a tactical vehicle intervention above 35, it constitutes deadly force. In this case, it was justified. Right. Because this cocksucker needed to be fucking stopped. Because he's got a gun at this lady. And oh, so, so technically she's driving this whole time. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. He stole somebody's car. She was not with him. Oh, okay. Did I jump? Yeah, I was under the impression that she's driving. In. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Okay. She's not driving. Gotcha. So she's so, in the car, safe. He went into her house. I gumped and stole her car keys. Okay. And then took her car. Gotcha. And uh, I'm surprised I can't remember the plate. I know that was a brown Honda Accord and it had a free Tibet sticker. Oh, really? Lower right window. Oh, my God. Anyway, the primary vehicle in the pursuit spins him out. Okay. And, you know, a TVI doesn't disable the vehicle. It just basically disorients the driver and uh he recovered from it so he was facing me mm. and he was trying to accelerate and keep going and i thought we need to take this car out of the picture it's too dangerous right when i saw him get spun out i thought i need to get out on foot and the first thing a good cop does when they slow down is unbuckle. Mm. So I had already unbuckled because I expected him to get out. And uh, he spun out, but the car is still in the game. And I, I decided I have to take this car out. So I just hit him head on. So you just rammed straight in this guy? Straight into him at wow. about 35 miles an hour. Jesus. So... Airbags went off in my car, God. and I went up and forward, and I hit my head on the visor, the edge of the visor, and it cut my head open, and I was bleeding. I still have a scar from it. And then... Um, so you're pretty disoriented almost at this point. Where, well, you're still... Well, I'll get to it. Okay, gotcha. So first thing I did was... And I, there, all that fucking dust from airbags was all over the car and I got out of the car. He ran between the cars, Cameron, bad guy, between the cars and I took out my gun and I fired. And your pistol, right? Not your AR? Not my AR. No, okay, it's a Sig Sauer G E220. Okay. 45 caliber. And uh, I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna have so much paperwork for this. That's like actually went through my head. So at this point, you've shot him. I shot at him. Shot at him. But this is how fast it went. Right. And then I shot at him, and I saw a little red dot in the middle of his back. Uh, so I fucking hit him. Yeah. He did not break stride. He kept running, and he got shot through and through with a forty-five. Jesus, man, that's a big caliber. And uh, about that time, two detectives who were shadowing the whole thing. They were in a fucking, like a 97 Ford Taurus. <laughs> and there was this 
this, uh, what do you call it? Barker mulch berm. Okay. That kind of separated the sidewalk from this residential area. This fucking car came in like a meteor. Boom! Over the berm. Knocked Cameron down. I had already decided I'm going to keep chasing him and keep shooting him until he stops. Because mm-hmm. that didn't work. But then this fucking car comes out of nowhere, <laughs> knocks him down. He goes up on the hood. Jesus. And uh, he was taken into custody. In the meantime, I shot him. I'm covered in blood because my head's bleeding. Oh, Everybody found I'd been shot. Oh, fuck. And uh, it just, like, I was covered. And then Pete Kearns, the chief of police, showed up, and uh, they had to take my gear. And I think he gave me his gear because the idea of you don't disarm a cop. You just shoot somebody kind of thing. He gave me his gun. And... uh I had to go to the hospital. And... So, you sh- so you shot once at him for like a one shot hit him, right? Well, you only shot once. Oh, only shot once. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I didn't do a prey and spray. I shot once and I hit him. And so at this point, your partner, um, who was also in the chase, is did he kind of apprehend him at this point and the detectives? No, the detectives. I mean, me and the detectives. Gotcha. So you guys are yeah. hooking him up at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's aspects to that that are not getting into, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it wasn't like a fucking beating or anything like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, he uh, yeah, it was just it was weird. And then after that, he become this kind of weird celebrity. Yeah, around I had people that never talked to me want to talk to me. I had people stop by my house like. Ah, it's just fucking super disorienting. The next day I was sore as fuck. Because I'd been in a fucking head-on car car. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. And my neck was all fucked up and my fucking... To go through that and then still be able to chase someone down after a freaking head-on car collision. And then still be able to do your job and, and... You know what I mean? Do everything you did is crazy in itself because... It's also crazy that he's able to run away after head-on car collision. Yeah, that kind of shook my reality. You know what I mean? Because like, as a police officer, you believe that you're, you're uh, what do you call it, the apex right. of, of your force is deadly force. But what happens when deadly force doesn't work? <laughs> so... It really uh, shook me, and that was the introduction to my PTSD mm. that cost me that marriage and a second marriage. Jesus. So, well, I can't blame it all on that. I'm not taking all the blame for the second one. First one, it's always two sides, but it, this shit didn't help. Yeah, that's all I can. Say. So, I guess in the moment of going back to the shooting, when you when you know what happened kind of what's going through your mind at this point. Like, it's all kind of settled. He's in custody. What's kind of the process of an officer-involved shooting? Like, what did you have to do right after that? Did you have to go to the station? Oh, I went to the hospital. He went to, oh, right, it's hospital. Okay. And then kind of the aftermath, kind of what does that entail? Oh, God, let me think. You get your union rep immediately. Yeah. And they look out for you. 
I knew I did nothing wrong. I've never had anything to hide. I've never been a big union guy because I don't fuck up. Frankly, I feel like people who need unions a lot are the ones that fuck up their jobs. But um, you always want that protection. You made me wrong. But union was there, and uh, and that's just par for the course. Right. I didn't ask for them. It's just management would not do anything without the union being there. Because if it goes south, they want to have all their bases covered. So then I don't fucking know. Uh, what do we do? We went there. I think I went home. And the next day I had to do like a fucking debrief with, I think, OSP. I think they investigated the shooting because it doesn't, optically, it doesn't look good to, for an agency to always investigate their own shootings. Oh, Plus this originated in Kachi. I don't fucking know why. Yeah. They have a thing called IDFIT, the Interagency Deadly Force Investigative Task. So, obviously, this was justified. Does that have to go through a process of, like, the core, or, like, or a committee? Oh, yeah. It, committee? Goes, it goes through a use of force review, and then it goes to the district attorney, and then they uh, determine whether or not it was justified. Gotcha. So were you on any sort of like like leave or like... Yeah, I was on admin leave. Admin leave. Gotcha. Until that all got settled out, right? It was justified and all. And obviously it was, obviously. Um, and then they did a, a, de a department debrief with the officers and um, dispatchers. Because, you know, they're affected too. You got to keep in mind. I mean, talk about feeling helpless. You're sending people that you care about because cops and dispatchers, they work close together. They care about each other into harm's way. You know, it's like they're affected too. So they had a debrief, but I didn't go because I just did not want, I don't think I went. I didn't want to be the center of attention. It's like, I didn't. it's like, I just did my job. I would hope anyone would do the same. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I didn't want to go there and be like, oh, my God, man of the hour type shit. No, I get it. Yeah. So. But I did get the uh, dis Distinguished Service with Valor Award. Oh, cool. Okay. So you got recognition and everything. Yeah. And a little pin. Yeah. I know there's an article. I mean, I um, I read an article about this, too, on my own time. Mm. Saw some of the details, but. Not, it was nothing like this detailed, obviously, just kind of a quick little news snippet because um, it's, you know, it was a local shooting, so they kind of just addressed what happened. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, wow. So is that, sort of, is that something that kind of, I guess in the moment, obviously, you're doing your job, you know? So is that something that's, what's the debrief like when you're involved in a shooting? Like, what's the emotions you're feeling? How do you... Uh, you feel like you're being scrutinized, but it's it's in an antiseptic way. Right. I mean, it's, it's objective. I knew I was in the green. I and, was not worried about anything. And even, like, job side, like, you as a person knowing, there's got to be some human element to it, like, knowing you just shot somebody, right? Oh. Outside of your job, like, how did that, I guess, make you feel in the moment or aftermath? Because obviously... Well, the dude was... I don't consider him a human, so... Gotcha. That element wasn't there. Yeah. 
I wish that uh, I had killed him, frankly. Mm -hmm. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. And he needed to die. And so my only misgivings on that little thing. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not going anywhere, man. <laughs> this is your story. My only misgivings is that it didn't kill him. But if it had of, what would that have done to me? I don't give two fucks. I don't know. This is probably how why I am the way I am. It's like, you go through shit like this, stuff at LTD. Right. Is not registering on my radar. No, I get it. When you, when you have such a traumatic experience. Well, and that wasn't the only one. Right, no. I mean, there's several after that. That were shootings. I was not the trigger man, but they're right. shootings. And that's why, that's why I am here like the way I am. And I don't have any problem with it. Um, and anyway, I don't know what the fuck. So, okay. Am I ranting? No, no, no. Get me back. So, uh, everybody's falling asleep. No, this, this, everyone's on the edge of their seat right now. I am. That's for sure. Um, God, so there's just so much to unravel after this. I mean, you've got so at this point you're 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 married, correct? I was married, yes. So going home. Well, I called her I, from the ambulance. Okay, so she's kind of already. Oh no no no! You know what I did? Uh, yeah, I did. I called her, and I said, "Hey, I was in a shooting. I'm okay, but I'm going to the hospital." And she's obviously completely concerned, right? I'm like, oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, she came down to the hospital. Okay, so. And then I called my mom. Mm. And I told her about it. Jeff. And how old are you at this point? You're, you're a couple of years in the force at this point, right? So it was 2002. 2002. So. Okay. So we could be. 29. Okay, so you're probably what, like, you joined when you're 21. So you're eight years in being a police officer. Yeah. Okay. So you're 29. Married, no kids, right? At this point, no kids. Okay. God, so you got to keep me on track. Cause I'm just picturing myself, man, in this position of how would I? Well, you can't compare them. You're, you. No, I know, but I'm just trying. No, to... no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm not like shutting you down. I just mean like you don't have eight years of police experience. No, I don't. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that 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 be, that. <laughs> begets the problem with like cops and firemen and all that is like who do you talk to about this stuff yeah I, dude like what's like you, you we'll segue in maybe to that other thing you, you don't want to take this shit home I mean of course I'm going to talk to my wife about yeah I was in a shooting I shot somebody I was in the news a bunch they they played that fucking news clip I had like as a teaser for the local news for like weeks. So the same day you sh you were in the shooting, and they had that interview of you, right? Of like, yeah, that interview was earlier. That's crazy. It's a weird. So they, of course, they used that. Yeah. And, and I remember hearing like I would be at home, and I would hear on the news, we talked to Officer Hughes earlier that same day. Ah, and then they play that. And it's like, yeah. God damn, and. uh so it's just weird, you know, you're this cyber, or uh, not cyber, you're this pseudo-celebrity, you think. But really, I mean, people don't fucking notice. 
I mean, I'm sorry about that. You're salting my mic over there. <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> You're salting my mic over there. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. You motherfucker. <laughs> um, people don't pay very close attention. I work for Eugene Police, and there have been shootings recently that I don't even know about. Because I don't fucking pay attention to the news. And you probably don't want to be known as... Like, you probably don't want your fame as being, you know, you know, shooting, right? That's probably not, like... I don't give a fuck. Well, you know what I mean, though. What was a spectacular work of police work? No, it was great. I mean, it, it was... It, it sounds like it was a great uh, ending to this guy's continuous path of just being a complete asshole and nuisance to society. I mean, a dangerous society. I mean, you probably prevented several more people being impacted by this guy. Who knows what he was going to do? Armed, robbing, call. He probably would have gone to a house. Raping. hostages. I mean, he would, this guy wasn't going to stop anything. Yeah, but keep in mind, I didn't stop. I was part of stop. What stopped? Well, he also had a 45. Say names, but I don't know if I should say chest. But, well, yeah, he's still fucking breathing. The fact, the I don't know. Them. They have cockroach blood, these motherfuckers. Cockroach blood. The fact that it, you can run, dude, after getting shot with a forty-five caliber round. You and I could have caught a that's like insane. Grazed in the ankle and bled out. Yeah. But this asshole. That's a big asshole. Fucking round, dude. They, I know uh, about that much. Most of my pinky, the tip of my pinky, yeah. on the barrel of my gun. <laughs> it's a big one. No, I've sh- I've I've shot um that exact caliber, and that's a big ass round. Testimony to this guy's fortitude. I mean, he, he must have been adrenaline. I mean, you don't even feel it. Just the fact that he's running from you guys in a pursuit. He's probably all, obviously hopped up on math. He's got to be. I mean, if he's doing all this stuff. Um, anyway. So kind of the decompressing. So there's, there's a shooting. You go, you get released from the hospital. You go back to your wife, right? Ooh, I guess. I don't know. What's the... I, I I would assume being a police officer, you develop kind of good compartmentalizing and very, you know what I mean? Like to, to last in that field, you got to have a very strong mindset yeah. and you know what I mean? Like this is going to be something that is just part of the job, right? Right. Part, a shooting. It's not going to be like an ordinary citizen in this situation. They're going to react completely different than a police officer who's trained, knowingly knows that this could happen right at any moment. Okay. Right, right. Sure. So I assume the decompressing. Is it any different? Do you think from a civilian, like in a vault, compared to a police officer? Well, a police officer, to some extent, you have to expect right. to be in a shooting. You carry a fucking gun. Yeah. There's a gun everywhere you go. There's always one gun. So does that make any easier for you to kind of decompress everything, knowing that hey? Um, what do you mean decompress? Like, like, do I feel bad for shooting him? Yeah. Or what? Moving forward from it, if there's any sort of not resentment, because I know you did everything you need to do that day, but is there anything, police work aside, and just yourself ethically? Yeah. Fuck no. Okay. No. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. No, I never had any ethical fucking dilemmas over this situation okay so it's kind of the only dilemma i had was that i didn't kill him gotcha and that's the and that's where i see 
I guess, civilian mindsets like myself, because I'm not. Well, but you can't compare the two. I know I can't, but I'm just saying people at home listening to this are probably like, holy shit, this guy, you know, is like completely. Oh, do I I sound like I'm too aggressive? No, not not aggressive. It's just the mindset, as I'm trying to explain to people. Like, if any ordinary citizen was, you know, in this incident where they had. We should delete this whole thing. No. You know what I mean? I'm not bloodthirsty. No. You were doing your job. There's a feeling like in front of this you. This is somebody your job. who is now going to languish in our prison system. And we'll get we'll get to that. I just what happened? You don't? <clears throat> He's in prison. Okay, probably. I'm, I'm saying that this is somebody. If this shocks the sensibilities of people, that somebody who sodomized, raped, and robbed somebody. Right. Should not be fucking shot. I mean, that's this is going off the rails. This it's all good because I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that like I'm just trying to relate. Person who no, I get it. Made their bed. I'm just trying to relate to you on if there's any sense of remorse or guilt from this but i understand there's not i'm just at a citizen no, there was, well there is but i'm trying to get what you think. everybody listening to this to kind of see the side you see because i i assume if any citizen and you know was offending themselves or had a fired gun they're probably going to get way more affected by this than a police officer i was pretty affected by this just saying but for different i see what you're saying you know what i mean though well, yeah, but but a civilian would not be in the situation hey, to begin. With. I know, so it's it's apples to right. oranges. That's true. Say. Yeah. So I mean, they're not analogous, but um, I don't want to give the impression that I wanted to kill somebody. I did not. I don't want to give the impression that um, that was my end game. In terms of what someone deserves, I do think he deserves to be dead. And I wish I could have delivered that, but I didn't. Hmm. Didn't fall my ballistics. Yeah. No, oh, there's no way of knowing, yeah. I so, feel like I'm making myself look like a dick. No, it's it's um it's it's hard to explain on this podcast. It's a I know that you're trying well you're you're liaisoning between me and them and I like I'm them. trying to kinda feel the bridge gap between a police officer's mind. I grew up in a law enforcement household, my father was as you know so i already kind of grew up in a mindset of what a police officer goes through kind of what they have to deal with what they have to process and they process things differently than a normal citizen like myself and a citizen or a citizen right and right and (laughs) i just find it so interesting the differences of a citizen's mindset of Kind of like, but you have to understand, a citizen is not exposed. They're not constant, constantly to what you guys deal with. The same exactly. thing that even you and I are dealt right. deal with. Yeah. Um. Which is not at the no. level of a police officer, but right. it's, you know, it, it's in the same realm. Right. You look at a Venn diagram. You know, they cross over. Right. So, um, I just I I. I think I've had so many experiences that things that happen at my workplace are 
so trivial and so pedestrian, but other people get excited about. So it's a real weird differential. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, do we? Do you want to keep going on this? Yeah, I mean, this is just getting wrong. Okay. I'm just trying to. I feel like I'm, I'm digging. No. A fucking hole for myself. No. Like I looked like some fucking prick. No. I think it's interesting. I I think it's very interesting just seeing your standpoint on the whole thing and, and just seeing how you kind of, how you see it, right? It's your job. You had a job to do that day. You knew what you had to do and that was completely obviously justified. I'm just trying to bridge the gap from all of our, you know, the listeners on saying like, how they want they people want to know like what does a police officer feel when they're back home processing this whole thing right besides the job like morals personal feelings obviously you said this guy deserved it right he had it come in it was you were doing your job there's no like oh i felt bad for shooting him i shouldn't have shot him there's not a no fuck no exactly and i think that's such a thing where people only will get that if they're kind of in that field, right? But that's like comparing the military to civilians. Exactly. Like the military, you have a job. You, you can't compare. Exactly. Plainly. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is like, it's just crazy. The um, exactly the military. They go on missions. They go across overseas. They they have to kill people, and it's that's their mission. That's their job. That's normal to them. They're almost desensitized to it, right? In a way. Yeah. It's their job. Yeah. And just like your job, you had a job to do that day. And, uh, yeah, but my, yeah, I, I'm just trying to like, it's, it's not judging. I'm just trying to see like you. I don't feel judged. No. I'm just saying like, besides the job, besides your order, like what you had to do that day, you as a person before you're a police officer, kind of like, how do you as a human process that? And I can imagine being a police officer has you in a mindset where it's easy to process that because it's like, oh, you know, like he was doing this, this, and this, and that was my job, so that's that. You know what I mean? Where that's kind of like, <laughs> you're not getting what I'm saying. I'm just trying to, um, I guess, bridge the gap from anyone listening to how you feel. But you can't paint, I hate to use it for, but you can't, paint with one brush the response to shooting a human being. Right. So there's that book On Killing. I don't know who it's by, but I actually fucking read it so long ago, I can't remember. But, I mean, you don't know until it happens. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, a good friend of mine who'd been in shootings he was, I respected him. And after my shooting, when I saw him, he's like, hey, welcome to the club. And it's not like, you know, don't take it out of context, not you, but everybody. It's not like, oh, you got to shoot somebody to be in the club. It's like once you do, once you've experienced that, you're part of an elite group, not elite, not elite, exclusive. Because it's rare. It doesn't happen a lot. Right. And so the emotions that go with it, you can identify those emotions with certain people who've been through it. 
So that's what they mean by club, not some kind of like fucking scalping people type thing. Yeah. So what was your kind of process in that of like, I don't know. Because I feel like a police officer is a police officer, but when you're a police officer involved in shooting, it's a whole new level, right, of things you've never dealt with before. So how do you, uh, I guess, cope with that? Do you talk to other coworkers who've been in shootings, or do you, um, is that kind of who you um, talk to about it to get it kind of, or is it internalized or? Internalized, I didn't talk to any. Okay. I felt like, hey, it's good shooting. I got no word for it. Yeah. You know, that's it. But no, psychologically, that was not it. Okay. It shook my world because you think that, like I said earlier, the apex of your force is deadly force. If that shit doesn't work, like that video we watched today. Yeah. This LAPD officer was engaging a guy who had a machete. The guy came at him with a machete. He shot him, I think, I counted nine fucking rounds, and the guy didn't stop. Mm -hmm. So that kind of fucks up your whole reality. Because if that doesn't work, then nothing does. And so it 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 shakes your reality in terms of, right and wrong you know what i mean and um something coming at you you can stop it so yeah that changed things and that's for a main podcast i'm getting into that tonight yeah and uh okay so so this definitely had an effect on you because you mentioned earlier in the podcast this started um some ptsd from Right. Yeah, it cost me two marriages. Right. And is that just from I this is I know that's probably for another podcast, but relating to your spouse, because I, I, I can imagine being in that field, coming home and not being able to kind of quite relate to your partner and share everything that happened. Right. You can't you can, share what happened. Yeah. It's too horrific. Yeah. It would be selfish. You gotta understand. Yeah. It would be fucking shitty of me to tell my wife what I saw at work to alleviate my own fucking stress and put it on her. I wouldn't do that. And I'll segue into this. So Valentine's Day, I went to a suicide where this guy went into his garage for whatever fucking reason, he put on a fucking military helmet. And he had a little bit of consideration. He laid down next to his pool table in his garage and took a rifle and stuck it to his chin and discharged it. For fuck's sake, all that helmet did was funnel all of his debris across the garage. Ah, Jesus, yeah. So, I'll just get into it. I mean, oh, you yeah. can edit it no. for another podcast, but this is the shit that happens. So, I go there with Willie Edward, who was good guy, on Valentine's Day, and I saw a hunk of this guy's chin. God. 
on the windowsill of the garage window that was probably 25 feet away from where I was. And it was just a mass of flesh, but I could see the five o'clock shadow, like, now. It's exactly how it looked. It's a hunk of chin. Anyway, I mean, you know, and then you think you're going to go home and have, what, date night with your wife? Because it's Valentine's Day? God. But what do you do? You go home and say, oh, my God, babe, happy Valentine's Day. Let me tell you about the suicide I went to. You don't fucking do that. Not for somebody, not to somebody you love. And so you put it all in. Mm-hmm. And then you, <laughs> if you're healthy, I guess, I don't fucking know how you deal with it. If you're healthy, you go to a therapist or you, I don't fucking know. Culturally, you don't take time off because you went to a suicide. Oh, I need admin leave. It's not LTD. Pardon my French. Where everybody gets fucking pat on the head. You have to perform, you know? So you fucking deal with it. And you deal with it by connecting maybe with people who identify with you. Dispatchers, other cops, people who know. And that's where the fucking breakdown happens is that you start making trauma bonds with people. And that's a bond that is strong. Mm, Yeah. So you get home and you can't talk about this shit. So what do you do with it? You fucking, in my mind, literally, I had a dirty plate. I wiped it off when I got home. It goes somewhere. <laughs> so fuels PTSD or fuels alcoholism or fuels infidelity. I was not a cheater. I'm just saying that that's what happens in the industry. You connect with people that aren't your person because they connect with you. Dispatchers, fire, right. other cops, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's, but, but for me personally, I just stuffed it away and pretended it didn't happen. And then, you know, you have a life perspective later. People say, oh, you don't have a soul. Oh, you don't care. It's like, okay, well. Anyway. It's like, you don't know half the shit I've went through or seen, right? And it's, you're only getting the output of what I'm putting out, you know? Yeah, but it, it's tough, you know? Yeah. So. I can only imagine the toughness of keeping a marriage at during all that stuff. And I wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, I think that's such a good thing where you said trauma bonding, because that's such an important part of decompressing without a counselor. It's like your own colleagues, coworkers. It's super dangerous though. <sighs> yeah. Because you will form bonds with people and you'll cross boundaries. Mm. Are we talking about like opposite sex? Like, female male like oh trauma yeah. like what? like i mean like risk of like cheating on your like spouse like if you were yeah if you if you right. bond closer with somebody else because like she dispatched you and you were the cop right like that's happened to me yeah and uh you know you have a connection there right because that happened and and they're going to relate to you and it's a connection that you don't have with your wife right and they can't relate. Your wife can't relate. And you don't want to, I did not want to pollute my mind. Yeah. Or her mind, I'm sorry. 
with with my shit. But I didn't cheat. But I did have an intimate bond with another. So I guess that's a form of cheating. I'm not trying to skirt. But we didn't like it didn't go on. But it was like, hey, I'm checking in on you. This was a big thing. Yeah, thank you. You know, that can. Well, I think it's good to have that. I mean, no, it's, it's good like to have a form of therapy, you know, people that know the job, know what you went through. No, like that's what I was trying to get at earlier. Like no ordinary citizen is going to be anywhere on the same page as someone. But as you a, can't expect. Exactly. And you they shouldn't put be. that on that. Right. Our job is to protect them from right. that. Exactly. And you don't want your wife their job. knowing all that. The job of the police is to protect people from that. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't understand right. if you're doing your job. Shield them from it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, ah, let's, let's wrap it up. That's a lot, man. Um, I want to turn on the TV and not be on a podcast. Take a piss. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you sharing that story. It's... um. It was cool for me to listen to for the first time. And it's something you normally open up to, but I appreciate you doing it on my podcast so I, people can kind of um, take from this what they want to. If they're if they're police officers themselves or they're ex-police officers themselves, they can get some sort of relate, like relate to this story. Um, also, if you're not in that field of background, it's, it's, it's great to kind of f- uh, bridge that gap of kind of just citizen mind versus police mind. I know there's been a lot of stuff in the news the last couple of years of dividing the police with the, you know, when, you know what I mean? Like dividing the citizens of the police, hating on the police, but we want to try yeah, the defunding. Model. Right. And this is kind of like me knowing you for how long I've known you it, and, and my father in law enforcement. It, I've always grown up in a mindset of like, obviously police are humans too. And it's all about humanizing police for me. That's all I've grown up in that environment. People that don't grow up in that environment, it's almost like, oh, police aren't, you know, humans. They're like robots. They're evil. They're out to get me. But it's like if you really get to know them or you have a family member who's in law enforcement, you really get to know. Yeah, but that's a hard part because some cops are fucking assholes. Well, in any field, right? In any field. In any but, field. But those are the ones that stand out. Like, right. I encountered one here when they had my the road I go to get home was all blocked off because of a football game. I didn't know what to do. I needed to take a left Mm -hmm. turn and this cop was a fucking dick. And that sticks with you. If you're not a cop yourself. But I mean, that doesn't mean all cops are dicks, but what I'm saying is it same with our job. If one person's an asshole, we all look like assholes. Mm -hmm. So show the same uniform. Anyway, that that that's the thing. I mean, I, it, for some people, I appreciate that. Yes, cops are humans, but some cops have to allow themselves to be humans and mm-hmm. not be assholes. Exactly, humanize they other put people. Put up a wall. I did that for a while when I was a new cop. Yeah, I'm so cool, and <laughs> you get you get humbled quickly. Yeah. No, I think the goal of this podcast. I I want to um. I want to get everybody's kind of story out on here and have everyone to relate in a certain level If that. You know what I mean? Try to get everyone on the same level here. Police officer, I appreciate, you know, I know you on a human former. level. Former police officer. I know you on a level that's, you know, 
my man to Mesa, not a police officer. I know you as who you are. You know what I mean? So that's why I think it's interesting to, for you to share this story because it's like, you're just another person just like me. And you're swinging dick. Swinging dick, just like me. Swinging dick. That just so happened to be your job, but there's so much behind it. It's not just the bad. But everybody has a story. Exactly. Even the people we deal with. But I, my goal on this podcast, it's all talks of life. So I'm literally getting people from all backgrounds, all stories, all races, to share their story and perspective so other people can kind of understand them more. And that's my goal is to kind of bridge that gap between all sorts of demographics of people so they can kind of have a similarity in one another, if that makes sense. And there may be some Find people... common thread. Exactly, common thread. And there may be some people listening right now, completely anti-police, whatever. But listening to you speak as a human, as a friend of mine, it's it just makes it so like you learn more about you you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and where you stand your morals you're just a, you started out as a guy like me i mean you were 21 when you started as a police officer i mean this you weren't <laughs> nothing was bad intention for you wanting to be a police officer you you wanted to help people yeah you wanted to do this job and that just that's part of the job i mean that's just part of it man i mean it's rough stuff. You got to deal with this stuff. and But it's just so awesome getting your insight on these stories. Because you know on the news, you hear shootings. But you don't really know like the police officer's background, how they felt during it. All the stuff that they have to carry now with them after the shooting for the rest of their lives. I mean, this sticks with them. And to hear you kind of describe how that is on a personal level, it's like, it's, it's just great to hear that it's... Yeah, it's it's been it's I really appreciate it and I'm sure everyone listening appreciates it. It's like getting down on a human level, like if they're still awake. Oh yeah, they're awake. They're awake. <laughs> but um no, I I know this is a very touchy subject for you and you never sh- you don't share this with people, so I appreciate coming on here and having everyone listen to it. And it's it's good to talk about. Uh, and it's it's interesting stuff and I've learned a lot about you today, about this story and Cool. Uh, I well, I appreciate it, and um, you know, I hope people out there kind of took something from this. Of you had a job to do. You're you're a human, and this is not a poor reflection on your character or human uh, humanity. If that makes sense. I don't, what? Has it been? Well, you mentioned that earlier in the podcast. I'm not oh no. Been. It's it's a complete. I mean, it's black and white from what what I know. It's it's a completely um, different job than I've ever been experiencing. Mindset. I mean, you. That's what you have to do. Just like the military, like I said earlier, that's part of what you sign up for. Is that this could happen, and it's just something that's. It's. I'm, I appreciate you talking about it. You're welcome. I've got and, more. Um, Maybe I'll be back. And that's this, of course, was, I mean, how many years ago? 2001, 2002. So we're 20 years past this. Kind of. <laughs> Is there things that you want to kind of put out there for people in similar situations of something they might need to hear if someone's in a similar situation, if there's any police officers listening to this currently? 
of kind of coping mechanisms, things that you've learned throughout the years to kind of live with this? I know this has stuck with you for a long time. I got counseling literally years after this. Mm-hmm. That helped. So if you need someone to talk to, go talk to somebody. Right. Uh, it's good to get it out. Yeah. I always felt like with counseling, you go in with a full backpack, and then as you talk about things, you're unloading truck, make a lighter. Yeah, just go talk to somebody. Get it out. Anyways, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any fucking answers. Look at me. I'm not a success story, but <laughs> right. Well, I mean, <laughs> but you know, I'm getting there. It, it didn't. It, it's just part of life, right? If you sign up to be a cop, this is fucking part of it. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. It could be, or it could never be. Right. Exactly. That's the problem. You don't know when. Yeah. Or if. So. Uh, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. And I guess so. Twenty years pass, right? At, at your, your, I feel like you're milking a dry cow. This is something. <laughs> I guess from today's standpoint versus then, because you 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 shared what you felt then, right? Yeah. So from today, has anything changed on how you feel about that incident, or are you just kind of the same? I guess in the PTSD aspect, uh, what kind of, what kind of creates that for you? Like that trauma, what's the things that stick out that makes it a traumatic? Well, that's another podcast. Okay. That's a good segue. All right. But it's the, um, it's the realization that, well, I, I keep going back to it. If everything goes to shit, you have your gun. When your gun doesn't work, where do you go? So that kind of can shape your reality. Yeah. And I'm sure you've ran through your head, what if this went bad? What if this and this happened, X, Y, Z? Right. I'm sure you've reflected on it like, oh, could it end? Well, it didn't go bad, though. Right, but I'm sure you've probably thought of like, oh, it could have been bad, right? Like he could have shot at you, like stuff could have went sideways. I'm sure you're glad it ended. I didn't think about that. Oh, really? Okay. He actually dropped a gun when he was getting out of his car. Okay. It was on the ground. Right. I hit him and knocked it out of his waistband and it fell on the ground. But no, I don't, I didn't think, like think about my own risk. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Not once. Job had to be done. This is how I had to do it. Hit him in my car, get the car out of the game. At least we have them corralled on foot. You know what I mean? You you can't have somebody driving around in a 2000 weapon. Yeah, we saw that today in that video, right? LAPD. Yeah. Ramming people with his car. Yeah, you can't. So I had to take the car out of the game. Right. For the sake of the community. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we can't be chasing this asshole around town in a fucking car. Yeah. That is a huge risk risk to the community. So I had to take it out. So I don't know. How do we get back on this? 
Just reflecting of, of where you're at now versus then on how you look uh, back at it. Uh, I don't I don't want to start ranting. Things you things you deal with today about the about your um PTSD you mentioned about earlier. Just, how does that relate to versus then versus now? Have you gotten better? Have you oh, I've got coping methods? I have a lot of PTSD. That's good. I don't don't it it doesn't take up a lot of bandwidth. Gotcha. Certain things bother me like I think that is I was trying to mention earlier, not like I was just trying to mention earlier like your current PTSD, like what are some triggers or reminders of that incident today that you deal with? And you said loud noises, stuff like that. Okay. Gotcha. So all right. Well I'm giving the yeah, so we uh because Yeah. I I am milk dry. So. Oh I gotcha. Well, thanks for we'll do it again. sharing. We'll, we'll have a part two of some other stuff about maybe that type of work or other topics. If anyone shows interest, I'll be back. Well, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm sure a lot of people are going to gain a lot out of this. And more so than you think. I I know for you, this is just another kind of, to you, this is like a bland, boring story. But to me, and I'm sure everyone listening, well, you said that. You said, oh, they're falling asleep. <laughs> and to you, this is just ordinary. It went off a little. But to me, this is like awesome. Like, this is an awesome story. This is for everyone listening. This is like, it's 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 amazing to get the opportunity for me to literally interview an ex, a former police officer who's been through shooting. That's literally like on this podcast. Is like literally would be a dream, I guess. Interesting raw story. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, man. Kiss my ring. And I mean, I, I appreciate having you as a friend and, and stuff we've talked about in the yeah, past. No, me too. You're very insightful. Good for each other. We're good for each other. Do the thing. Saying that out loud. I don't give a fuck. So, um, no, I, I know I'm, I know I'm being a dead horse. I know I'm being a dead horse here, but I. Lewis is an old soul. Yeah. Me? Luis. Lewis or Luis? Yeah. Which one? Sue Lewis. Lewis. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I just hope everyone, like, and being a dead horse here, but I just hope everyone listening can kind of gain something from this. Um, and we will have him on for another episode further and dive into stuff. <laughs> and um, another episode of Sad Bastard Sean. Yeah, right. <laughs> we might do another topic. Like, maybe we'll just, like, discuss a um, general topic. Hmm. Feminine issue. Exactly. Or uh, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, <laughs> what do we think we're going to talk about our last next podcast? I think we should leave it going for a bit and just cut loose. Yeah, we'll just we'll log in down. Let's see how long are we at right now. We're at a 12 or 19, actually. Oh my God, that was close. Yeah. Look at look at my fucking time. Fucking yeah, we we kind of we were a little nervous starting this podcast. I mean, this is we I it's a lot for you to unpack, and I get it. Um, but I'm glad you're able to open up on this podcast a little bit. Yes, I will never talk uh, about it again. Ever again? No. Yeah. But I still have like a really cool chick that brings it to me, but yeah, anticipate that ever. Yeah. I think I just want to end this on just saying. Um, We'll have you on again about other stuff, but I really appreciate it. I, you don't see the full 
importance of this talk and story. I think this to you is just like a kind of ordinary, oh yeah, this is my job, another job story, not a big deal. People are bored listening to this. But now like I'm, I absolutely love this story. This is my first time hearing it. I really appreciate you sharing this to me. It's really interesting stuff. And I think people will love to hear inside scoop, not a newscast broadcast about an article. The man that you yourself speaking about and how you deal with it and how you processed it. It's really cool stuff. And I, <laughs> I want this podcast to be about that. You know, people sharing their stories, getting vulnerable. So oh, I really appreciate it. And I mean, it's just, this is foreign to you about talking about this. So I want everyone listening to kind of fully appreciate him on being vulnerable tonight. Oh, oh I don't get that, but that's okay. And I'm glad to be a uh, part of it. And, um, <clears throat> I've got, more to tell yeah man if anybody is too shit is don't yes yeah but we we do we'll all gain something from this today. um so guys i'll be um we'll be trying to upload probably once or twice a month here on this podcast different guests different backgrounds stories it's all about schedules because why and i we only have like two nights we can do yeah we only have like two nights and we've been planning for this and though some other the other night i have to get up early to take my kids so it's kind of a kicking the dick but but I, I, I am happy to take my kids to school this was fucking awesome dude I'm gonna say right good so thrilled that I have the honor and to you it's not but to other people I mean, it is and uh, so yeah we'll we'll get this uploaded guys and uh, thank you for tuning in uh, we will have some new guests on as well um, probably this month next month um, some new interesting guests and Sean We'll make a return, I'm sure, down the road. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up tonight. Um, feel free to do the Q&A. Um, Spotify and Apple Music has a little Q&A section. Things you want to... Oh, yeah, I would like if they have a question. Oh, yeah, there's feedback we they well, can do. Um, all about it, but don't be dicks. Don't be assholes, guys. This guy opened up. He's a cool well, guy. He's, he's my friend. I don't care. It's not going to hurt me, but I just mean, like, yeah. like if... No, yeah, oh, I'm probably right. No, no. and and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys what what they thought about it because I, they, I know for a fact everyone's gonna appreciate this. Say this. To oh, us. we'll see. I'll tell you. Um. So yeah, we we got a little bit of a setup from last podcast. We got some new upgrades, equipment. So hopefully this is sound a little better for you guys from last podcast. Um. I'm I'm learning as I go. This is literally my second episode ever. I'm really getting into this. I'm loving it something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I'm just so grateful that I have guests on here willing to do this with me and share their stories. Because it'd be kind of boring with just me. I mean, it's just like, oh, what am I going to talk about? Like, the, the, I don't know, you know what I mean? It, I wouldn't paint it without brush. Right. This is a lot cooler to have a guest on here. And this is what my goal is just talk about stuff, about all different aspects. Instead of me just reading a piece of paper of like boring crap, like oh, what's what, what's on the news or what you know stuff like that. So, anyways, we will um we'll pick back up probably in a week or two. We'll let this fester and see what you guys' opinions are on this podcast. But all right, so at this point, we're gonna say good night. Yeah, we're gonna say good night.